welcome, welcome. It's uh, Monday, October 30th, 2023. This is the Comical Opinions Weekly Newsletter. Uh, today's topic, we're going to jump right into the op-ed, uh, centers on DC Comics writer Tim Sheridan and his recent comic uh, dust-up, if you will, or a little bit of a conflict that he created related to Alan Scott Green Lantern number one. Uh, the reason he created some controversy uh, is because he posted a uh, promotional video, if you want to call it that, <laughs> encouraging people to buy the comic. The The issue that we run into is that he uh, made some bold claims and, and really took a negative, uh, sort of uh, oppositional, almost agitated stance towards people who may have not liked the comic or found some, uh, I think, reasonable reasons to critique the comic. Uh, and in that video, he makes a very specific claim about the size of the LGBT community's uh, desire to read uh, comics of that nature. And we decided instead of saying, no, you're wrong, we decided to look into it. So uh, this op-ed is actually going to dig into a little bit of the statistics and the numbers that we could find and see if his claim is right or wrong. Uh, but before we get into it, please, uh, if you're watching this video on YouTube, uh, like, share, comment, subscribe, leave a comment, let us know how we're doing, how we can do things better, always looking to improve. If you're listening to this on audio podcast, whichever platform uh, makes sense for you, please leave a rating, leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing and how we can make things better. So the video in question I have up on the screen right here, if you're listening on a podcast, you can't see it, but you want to play the audio. And uh, the comment comes right in around the 48 uh, second mark from Tim Sheridan's video. And I'm just going to play that for a second. Okay, well, so he's making a pretty bold claim there that there is a huge market for taking superhero action comics, and that's specifically what we're talking about. So I'm going to be very repetitive about that because I want to make that clear. We're not talking about all comics. We're talking about specifically DC and Marvel, which are superhero action comics. And he made that pretty bold claim that the audience for LGBTQ uh, stories, authentic stories regarding those folks are, that's a huge market. And that there's really... Uh, no reason that you can't tap into that and you should be reworking these comic characters and in the stories that you're telling to cater to that audience because it's a huge untapped market and we said is it true is it not if it's true we'll say so if he's wrong we'll say so but at the same time uh right wrong or indifferent i, I didn't think it was right to take tim sheridan at face value for what he was saying here so what we did is we dug in and we said and he makes the claim there's a huge market and i repeat it again it's a huge market for authentic stories about lgbtqia plus characters honestly i don't even know what those two last letters are for um and that uh that it makes sense to take these characters and rework them to focus on that audience because that market is so huge it's untapped and that the publishers are missing out uh, by not getting all that extra revenue, all those extra customers and growing their audience substantially because that audience is underserved. And we said, okay, let's see what we can find out. And guess what? There is no research <laughs> that we could find that specifically asked the question, what percentage of superhero action comic readers uh, are of the LGBTQ and whatever other letters you want to add community and therefore look for, want to see themselves in those comics uh, as a form of representation? The answer is there is no research. We searched all the Google sites. We went through all the academic sites. We even did Pew Research. I have a screen cap here in the op-ed if you're interested in it. Nothing, nada. There is no comprehensive report uh, that looks at the demographics of comics readers and specifically looks for what percentage of that population is of the 
non-straight community. I just kind of simplify the letters a little bit and hopefully not get my tongue too tight. However, we did find something. So if you're familiar with the name Brett uh, Schenker, uh, Brett Schenker is a uh, comics enthusiast, but he's also comes from the politics realm of demographic research. And so he runs a site called Graphic uh, Policy. So if you've ever read, if you've ever gone to that blog, that's who's in charge of that. Around about 2011, uh, Brett started looking for research about demographics, primarily to kind of answer the question about male-female uh, delineation, meaning how many people are that read comics are males versus females, and trying to answer that question and do sort of dispel the myth from publishers that uh, you know women don't read comics. And that started around 2011. And he found some good research, and, uh, and his research is actually quite useful in dispelling that myth because the the number is more it's closer to 50 50. It vacillates from year to year, but it's more like 60 40 one year, 55 45 the other year, etc. Now he. The only place you could get that information, however, is from Facebook. Now, that's not the best place to get all information from everything, but Facebook still has a huge population. And they were gathering all kinds of demographic information, and that information was gettable if you requested it, and I think you even had to pay for it. So Brent started publishing a series of monthly demographic reports about um, breakdown between male and female, uh, what are their interests, hobbies, etc., cetera, uh, and all filtered down to the uh, very broad uh, category of comics. Does somebody like comics or have expressed interest in comics? It doesn't delineate between whether or not the comics that they like are webtoons versus manga versus Marvel versus DC, or they like comics in general as a general thought process. If they like comics because they are only exposed to MCU, any of that stuff, it just says comics. So it's very broad. It's very loose, but it's better than nothing. And so that's what we, what we uh, found out. Now he was publishing that report almost monthly, all the way up until 2018. And he kept publishing after 2018. But the reason I stop at 2018 is because that is the last month that Facebook would allow you to get their demographic information for research purposes and include something called uh, gender preference. In other words, if you're a male and you like females, or if you're male and you like other females, in other words, same sex, same gender, or non-straight if you want to call it that, uh, preferences. That's the last month where they started gathering that information due to privacy concerns, primarily through the EU and, and other factors that come into play. Uh, so 2018 is the most recent data we could get that had a slice of information that had some inkling about whether or not somebody liked comics in Facebook, but also expressed interest in non-straight uh, relationships, male-male, female-female, or something in between. And that's in the report. And if you read the op-ed, you'll find it in there as well. Uh, so if you go down to the report and look for specifically for that uh, section that calls for gender interest, what you find is pretty interesting. The sample of people in Facebook that have expressed interest in comics, or again, just a broad category of comics, is about 61 million people on Facebook. Facebook is still huge. People don't like it. They think it's for old people or it's, have all kinds of privacy concerns and problems, which is all true but there's still millions upon millions of people. I think that at one point it was close to a billion people use Facebook. So there is at least some gettable data that gives you an idea what's going on. In the broad interest of categories, the number of people in the male to, males interested in other males category is 0.56%. In the category of uh, females who are interested in other females, it is 0 0.5%. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry, it's a little bit higher, 0.57%. Uh, 
when you take that blended average and then in factor in people who are kind of mixed or in between, which could account for the other letters in the in the alphabet, so to speak, uh, you're up about one and a half percent. Now, that's a pretty small number. So when we go back to Tim Sheridan's claim that there's a huge LGBTQIA, I don't even remember, sorry. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's, just, it's too much. Uh, all the number of different letters for people who are interested in comics, but also have interest in non-straight or non-traditional relationships, the number at best is one over a little bit, a little bit over one and a half percent, which is minuscule by comparison. Now, there is also a video that uh, Brent uh, Schenker and all, participated with uh, with Heidi McDonald from Beat uh, from 2013 that you can find on YouTube where they went to Boston Comic-Con and he was presenting some of his earlier numbers. And in that video, round about the 29 minute mark, he does mention 5%, but I could not find anywhere the numbers that can back up the verbal number that he presented. So even though he says it's as high as 5%, blended average across all demographics, I couldn't find anything to back that up. Now, if somebody can find it, let me know. We'll make an addendum to this uh, op-ed and we'll get that straightened out. But as, as best as we can find with actual numbers, at most, one and a half percent, which is a tiny, tiny market. That means over 98% of comic readers or fans who express interest in comics have no interest in non-straight relationships or do not feel the need to present themselves or publicly re represent themselves as a member of the LGBT community. So there are some caveats. And if you could click on the, uh, if you go to the op-ed, the, uh, the link to Brent's report is in there so you can see all the numbers and all the data for yourself. There are, of course, some caveats. This is only on Facebook. The Facebook is not everything. As big as it is, it's not everything. It doesn't take into account Twitter, doesn't account other social platforms. It's not a formal, rigid, uh, comprehensive demographic report. You'd have to actually commission somebody to do it like a Pew Research uh, or somebody of that caliber to kind of actually do that report. It, it, so far we haven't found it and nobody's commissioning it, so we'll see. But Facebook is limited and you have to take that into account. Uh, the second is Facebook's only showing, the, the report is filtered down by the broad interest uh, category of comics. Again, it doesn't break it down by if, what if you're only interested in manga comics? What if you're only interested in webtoons? What if you're only interested in Marvel versus DC? Or you only like indie comics? Or whatever the case may be. So if we're look, focusing specifically on the category of superhero action comics, which is what DC and Marvel are predominantly known for, uh, it's going to be much less than that 61 million because it doesn't take, you know, because that, as much as we love Marvel and DC, they don't take up everything. So you have to account for that there's going to be some demographic downshift if we focus specifically on superhero action comics. Um, third, the data is out of date. At the last report where Facebook was giving up that gender identity data was 2018. As of this recording, that's five years out of date. A, lot's could happen, a lot could have happened since then. The probability, though, that that the that one and a half percent has bloomed up to five, 10, 15, 20 percent, it would be miraculous. It's not incredibly impossible but it is pretty darn near impossible so but then but to be fair the number is uh, a few years out of date so you have to account that there would have been some changes since then and second and last uh not really uh, it's sort of splitting hairs but it's but from a data analyst perspective it makes sense uh having an interest in comics is not necessarily somebody who is buying comics if you say i'm interested in comics you might say well i like chris evans as captain america which is fine that doesn't mean that that person is actually going out to an LCS and buying Captain America books on a monthly basis. Uh, 
Jake Michael Straczynski is currently writing Captain America and it's pretty good. So you, you, if you do like Captain America, now's a good time to get it. Uh, but the point is, just saying you're interested in comics doesn't mean you're actually doing anything about it. You might just like to watch MCU movies on repeat. That's fine. Uh, or you may just like to kind of keep up with the, the news of what's going on in the comics industry. Also fine. But that doesn't mean that somebody who's interested in comics is actually going out and spending money on comics, which is really the demographic that we're most interested in. Uh, so what's the verdict, you know, in this research, uh, looking into Tim Sheridan's claim that there's a huge uh, LGBTQIA+, I think that's right, yeah, uh, plus <laughs> community uh, that, that needs to see themselves in comics, that needs to be represented in comics because that's a huge market. The answer is no. As best as we can find, it's not even close. It's a rounding error. Uh, that's not to say that that this is the end of the conversation because of all the caveats I've listed and probably a few more because I'm not a data scientist by trade, but you know I, I deal with a lot of data on a regular basis. Uh, we need better accurate data. That's really where the conversation needs to go. But with the data that we have now, the answer is an emphatic no. There is no huge market that needs to see LGBTQIA plus whatever representation in specifically superhero action comics. That market does not exist. Now, uh, the one source that we could find of, of the data uh, is uh, just, um, how do I say this? It doesn't mean that you don't matter. <laughs> Please hear me. It doesn't mean that you don't count. It just means the pool of people that are, that are very similar to you is very, very small. So I, I don't want you to, to view this video or the op-ed as a discouragement to say that you don't matter and that you don't count. But I'm, but I'm looking at the data and the number from also from a publisher's business perspective. What kinds of decisions, what kind of moves should they be making to adjust for how they're publishing comics? What type of stories they're telling? What they're doing with their characters? And if, they're, if their goal is to kind of maximize the number of sales that they're making to make sure that they stay profitable and viable into the future, they have to go to the biggest audience possible. And so when they cater their products to a very, very tiny audience, that works a, directly against the, what should be the stated goals of the publishers. And that's really the only reason we're kind of looking at this, not to say you don't count, not to say you don't matter. I love everybody and I want everybody to be happy and I want everybody to kind of um, enjoy the things in life. But when it comes to Marvel and DC right now, which are, to be frank, are floundering a bit, or actually floundering a lot, they have to make better decisions. And the way you make better decisions is with data. We have some data. It's not great data. We need better data. But that's the next step. And if somebody tells you there's a huge LGBT MUQ market, you can say right now, you, you can't say that for sure. And the little data you do have says that's not true. So that's the op-ed. Let us know what you think. Uh, please like, share, comment, subscribe. And let's let's get back over to the uh, rest of the newsletter, let you know the reviews we did last week, our pick of the week, and also the reviews for this week. Oh, a couple other things. I guess I'm popular. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, this week, I was in, uh, invited to uh, Master Swag King's uh, podcast to talk about all things comics. It was just a general industry question. Alan Scott, of course, came up because that's the hot topic of the day, but we talked about a bunch of stuff. So there's a link to the video in the newsletter so you can listen to my thoughts, listen to Master Swag King's thoughts, and uh, uh, give him some, some support. He's trying really hard to kind of gauge uh, interest in the comic industry and get a lot of diverse voices um, to his podcast to really give you a broad sampling of, of different perspectives and different ideas. So give it a listen. I think that's worth your time. Uh, third, I had the privilege of sitting in on the Comics Aficionados uh, roundtable 
uh, video stream, uh, live stream, which will probably also go to audio as well yesterday. Uh, we talked about a lot of things. The two big topics of the day are a number of announcements from uh, comic shops that are going out of business. And that, of course, is a hot topic of conversation. So we talked a lot about that. Uh, the other topic we talked about uh, the, the, in between there, there was this comic by uh, writer Eric Palicki talking about the need for rock stars in the community. That was an interesting topic. Didn't last long, but it was worth mentioning. And a, a third, but uh, not less, <laughs> uh, no, definitely not least, is we talked about uh, the forthcoming announcement uh, announcements from Marvel of the forthcoming uh, Ultimates line of comics spinning out of Jonathan Hickman's Ultimate Invasion miniseries, which was, honestly was not good and very badly. Uh, and the one announcement out of that Ultimates series of titles that are coming out is a Spider Ultimate Spider-Man comic where MJ and Peter are married with kids. And whether or not that's a good idea, that's a bad idea, or and the implications thereof. So give the video a watch or listen to it, and uh, you can hear my thoughts, which weren't entirely positive about the move. And uh, let me know what you think as well. And uh, I'd appreciate it. So uh, moving on to the reviews for last week and what's coming up this week, we have Fantasy Quest number one, uh, Night Watchmen, Creatures of the Night number one, and Anomalies number five, all indie submissions. We have uh, Universal Monsters Dracula number one from Image Comics. This is written by James Tinney IV, and it is an adaptation of the 1930s Dracula film from Universal. It was actually very good. Uh, our pick of the week, Conan the Barbarian number four from Titan Comics, uh, written by Jim Zub. Uh, I have to commend Jim Zub. He did a fantastic job on the, on the first uh, miniseries, really kind of getting back to Conan's roots and uh, putting him on the right track after the license was acquired from Marvel. So that's a, that's a good comic right there. Uh, Void Rivals number five from Image. That's the Transformers tie-in, and that's uh, interesting. It's a transition issue, but it's interesting. Spawn number 30, 346 from Image Comics, solid. Uh, Blade Runner 2039 number eight ends the current volume uh, and sort of sets up a to be continued for when the re title returns in 2024. Uh, and, but it was pretty good and, and wraps up several things, not everything. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 113 from uh, Boom. Monomyth number six from Mad Cave. That wraps up that miniseries from David Hazan, known for writing the Nottingham series. Uh, Grim Tales of Terror Quarterly 2023 Halloween special, just in time for the holiday. Gunsling Gunslinger Spawn number 25. This was a close second for our pick of the week. If you're interested in Gunslinger Spawn, pick that up. That's a solid issue right there with Dexter Soy as the artist, and it looks fantastic. Under the Influence number four from Mad Cave. Uh, Prometheus and Chains number three from uh, Red 5 Comics. Wonderland Annual Out of Time also from Zenoscope. And Simon Says number two from Blood Moon Comics. Uh, that was last week. Coming up this week, we have the Evil Lives Omnibus from... Uh, from a, it's an indie submission. Sorry, let me take that back. Uh, Killtopia number one, also an indie submission. We have Eats Heat Seeker, a Gun Honey series number four from Titan. I believe that ends that mini series. The Sacrifices number four from Image Comics. That's the one to watch. Recommender's uh, Sacrificer series has been fantastic. So if you're into fantasy with a lot of heart, uh, you may want to check that one out. King Spawn number twenty-seven from Image. Red, Savage Red Sonya number one from Dynamite Comics, Almost Dead number one from Ablaze, uh, Grim Fairy Tales volume two number 77 from Zenoscope, Alice Cooper volume two number two from Dynamite, Vampire Rella Dead Flowers number two also from Dynamite, and Gargoyles Dark Ages number four also from Dynamite, uh, and Victory number five also from Dynamite. Dynamite's got a busy week this week. Uh, Loop Guru one shot from Blood Moon Comics and Haunted House a love story number one from Blood Moon Comics. Lots of horror on the list which is perfect just in time for uh, the Halloween season. It is, uh, as of this recording, for you, it's going to be October 30th, so day early, but happy Halloween to everyone. Uh, 
please remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Even if the comment is not positive, that's okay. Let us know. We want your feedback. Uh, this is Gabe Hernandez, uh, the publisher at EIC for uh, Comical Opinions. I very much appreciate your time. Have a great Monday, and I'll talk to you soon. Signing off.